1: radio uh i'm your one of your co-hosts joe quinn with me is neil bradley
2: hello everyone
1: jason martin what's up and pierre descodron hello this week we're going to be talking about all and everything and we really mean that it's actually all and everything part two because we already talked about all and everything which might lead you to think that we don't want to talk about this week (laughs) but that's not true because things are happening all the time but seriously um our previous show, people seemed to enjoy the the nature of the discussion that was just kind of like uh, had an open-ended discussion on basically what had been going on, what was trending in the news at the time and over the previous few weeks or whatever. And um, so we are going to do that again. And um, as with the previous show, it's open to you, our listeners, call in uh, as you see fit with questions on a topic that you want to opine on or you want to have us opine on or uh, you know
2: yeah if you just want
1: to vent exactly or if you just want to vent so you can do that uh, by calling in Uh, details on the on the page on the radio page or you can also send in your questions via the chat room
3: so
2: where do First, we start?
1: Where do we start? Well...
2: Take it away the there, In the beginning... Neil. In the beginning, there was the word. No, Neil. Okay. That's next good. week. <laughs> um, well, today is Sunday, 4th of August. News this week is that the US uh, government has closed today 21 embassies across the Middle East and beyond. I think some of the, the countries on their list. Extend into uh, Indonesia. Basically, they're all what they have in common is they're countries, countries. with predominantly Muslim populations. Mm-hmm. The reason for doing this, it's it's unheard of. They have closed embassies in the past in one or two countries simultaneously. Twenty-one is is big, is new, and they're saying that there's some unspecified Al Qaeda. And or affiliates. Boring. I
0: know
3: it's boring, but I'm bored with this. They don't
0: get tired of it, do they? I mean, it's like there's only one bad guy. I mean, it's like a movie, you know. I mean, it's almost like this a one-dimensional world, you know. The only people that are a threat are Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda. It's all you ever hear from these guys. It's like there's nobody else out there, you know. I mean, it's just a
1: ridiculous proposition to me. It is, but it obviously has some kind of an effect on. Uh, probably a large number of people that are still true believers, or genuine
0: Goldstein, who
1: haven't had their kind of knee-jerk reaction worn out yet. You know, uh, when they hear the word terrorist or Al Qaeda, it's like yeah, the he puts them in that primitive defense, defense mechanism, and they're well, whatever the government wants, yes, do it, protect me.
2: It's it, it's more the Stouts paranoia switch yeah, as well. being flicked, yeah. yeah, and it works. So we'll do it again. It is. I was trying to think of what. What's going on with the timing? Is there some particular reason? Well, to- the
1: obvious timing is to back up the uh, the bad press that the NSA has had over the past few weeks, months, with the whole Snowden affair, because this information about this kind of unspecified uh, or what they what they actually they call it a pre eleven pre nine eleven levels of chatter. You may remember remember that word chatter, but it's uh, terrorist chatter. T- terrorists tend to get on the internet and chatter together uh, I mean, on the internet via yes, yeah, they, they, they're I, like little birds I, in a tree and they chatter, and this is picked up and it's it's undefined chatter, and it's but it it's enough to make the NSA and the government go, oh my god, this is some serious chattering going on. When you do something about this.
0: Aren't you glad we're spying on everybody?
1: Yeah, so the NSA, you know, they're by. Proves its uh, value mm. to the American people in protecting them, and
3: mm-hmm.
1: they, obviously this threat, obviously this threat is is serious enough and is being taken seriously enough for them to close down all these embassies. So it must be real.
2: Yes, they would not do that if it was not real. I heard besides chattering, they were tweeting. Well, they do tweet as
0: well, yeah. and tweet.
2: tweeting on Twitter.
0: Well, they might they, it's a the, terrorist tweet. Yeah, twittering terrorists. Yeah, a terrorist, (laughs) a Twitterist, a raving (laughs) invaded by Muslim Twitterists,
1: a raving Twittering terrorist, Uh, (laughs) suffering Sargatash.
2: The other thing they could not help reminding us, besides generally reminding us why we need them, was that uh, it's nearly a year since the Benghazi embassy incident in Libya he uh-huh. wasn't actually an embassy, but anyway, it was the U.S. consulate in the east of Libya. And, you know, there's supposedly an ongoing investigation. So uh, part of the fallout of that was that the U.S. government was sort of criticized, in, in scare quotes, by the press for not doing enough to protect his ambassador and his staff. Mm-hmm. That's what got him killed. No. of course doing this doing a blanket sweep of the whole middle east and saying right we're going to close all the embassies mm-hmm. is proactive and it's well it seems to be time, doing something
0: at the same time it's like very very in, uh, I would I would call it intellectually dissonant to uh to have the NSA and the the intelligence agencies trying to really push this idea that they're omnipotent and know everything and hear everything and yet they didn't know about this benghazi thing and couldn't do anything about it and you're just like It seems like the only time you guys are listening is when it doesn't matter, you know? Exactly. And that
2: well, that has spawned all kinds of ideas and theories about what was going on there in Benghazi. Was it allowed to happen? Was it one faction against another? Was the the normal security removed such that Ambassador Stevens, I think his name mm -hmm. was, ended up dead? Mm -hmm. Did he know? Was he about to say something? Didn't know something? So there was...
3: Yeah there were some quite,
2: political shenanigans going it's quite on
1: possible that uh, as they claimed at the time that the uh, security was kind of stepped down deliberately to allow the certain uh, elements in in, in Libya of which there were many at the time. Specifically, they called themselves the Green Brigades, which were the remnants of the Gaddafi forces. Yeah. To have a go at the, at a CIA station, and that's what they did. And they may have allowed that to happen, basically, because they wanted to get rid of Stevens, because Stevens knew something about uh, arms shipments from uh, Libya to Syria, Syria to Syrian rebels. Yeah. Uh, so there was a whole scandal there. So they may have just um, used that opportunity know, to get rid of him. Still- you know. It's possible but it's hard it's it's hard to know what actually happened you know because either way it's kind of like kind of implausible yeah. um I, I either argument is implausible in a way so it's hard to know you know mm. um but certainly what happened was that uh somebody attacked the base and killed him and a couple of his, his uh bodyguards um and who it was don't know, but in these times it's you know it's reasonable enough to assume that when something like that happens on a on a high level u s diplomat there's a good chance that uh someone may have planned it or allowed it to happen or wanted it to happen in some way or they know mm-hmm. but then again the other alternative is that they were just they're just stretched too far like they kind of like they claim the Roman empire was uh towards its end and over-stretched. That, that, and they're yeah they they're overstretched yeah. and and they're not able to defend all of these outposts they have and uh, eventually the people in the local countries that are being abused in this way. Are gonna get the better of them here and there, you know. So yeah, it could be classic blowback. Yeah, but anyway, on this uh, NSA uh, chatter, chit chat, chitter, chatter, twi- Twitter, Twitter, terrorist tweeting. Um, the the NSA have said that there has been an awful lot of terrorist chatter, which is very reminiscent of what we saw pre nine eleven. And that's Ooh. did you did you hear that word everybody? Yeah. I'm talking directly to. American people here and people in Western Europe I just said 9/11 reminiscent of 9/11 remember 9/11 wasn't it scary uh-huh do you remember
0: i don't remember it being very scary to think honest. about
1: it for a while anyway bring back those memories <laughs> that's the point so um but then they also say that Interpol got in on the On the case and said that uh for the whole month of august this alert extends to the 31st of august um when all of these embassies and any western or u.s infrastructure or or businesses or, or people in any of basically all of the of the muslim world need to be on high alert because there's a threat for the entire month of august
4: and, um, so they found a good excuse to get summer holidays, actually. They leave yeah. the embassy, they get take a leave, they get yeah. free pay. Yeah. So
2: hold on a minute, the, the embassies are going to be closed for the entire month.
1: Yeah, uh, well, no, not necessarily, no. but the alert is on for, for the month, so right. there will be heightened security, etc. But they also put that in the context of, then, over the past month, there have been, in nine different countries, including Iraq, uh, Libya, um, Iraq pakistan and syria yemen no well yemen uh yeah three the or four, three, 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 four countries plus five others there were jail breaks uh where they say that the a bunch of al-qaeda in. uh operatives and other criminals and stuff were released um which shouldn't be really a a threat to anyone because the people that they have in those <laughs> jails in those client countries of the us the people that are in those jails are in there because um they're essentially, uh, well, they're not really a threat to anybody. They've been put in there because they, uh, you know, in, in the modern world, Al-Qaeda is being supported and being funded uh, by the U.S. government in various different countries. So it's not true that the U.S. has been putting in, in these client countries has been putting the Al-Qaeda operatives in jail they've been actually letting them out of jail or they've been making sure they haven't gone to jail and been funding them and arming them. And the people that are in jail are the people that are actually the real threat to the U.S. presence in these various occupied countries, occupied directly or economically. And they're essentially the social progressives and the secularists and stuff like that, people who who actually pose a real threat to what the U.S. is trying to do, which is prop up Islamic states and create the impression of there being this, you know... uh, fundamentalist Islamic threat to the West.
2: Well that's what's really twisted about it. The people being released or helped to escape or who knows from these 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 jails are the extremists in said countries. In other words they actually should be there if we're following the script of the war on terror. Mm-hmm. And now they're all out in the streets. Mm-hmm. I think 5000 broke out in Iraq last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Iraq by the way Three thousand people dead since April in car bomb attacks and, mm-hmm. and it 's gone back to two thousand and six levels
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah. well we've discussed that previously, yeah, uh, I think it was in, in July, six hundred and forty two people have been killed in Iraq,
0: well, you know in various I mean,
1: car bombings and stuff, and uh, it 's the most dangerous month in the this year so far. Mm-hmm. The majority of people who are killed or or wounded were civilians, and it 's been across the country and stuff and this is just a legacy of uh of the U.S. presence in Iraq and the, as we talked about in previous shows, the kind of death squads that they set up in those countries yeah. that the government then took over as a way to essentially distract the population from the the, the dire state of mm. the country and the infrastructure and the services that, that they're not getting. Uh, they just want to keep the, the terrorist threat there rolling. I mean, it's like it spawned, a, the U.S. has spawned a child of itself in Iraq Mm. Uh, and I think that's what's
2: going on because there's no other yeah. good reason. Kind
0: of like a U.S. franchise. State. Yeah, yeah like it, McDonald's.
2: You know? It reminds me of Colombia. Mm. Colombia is kind of a base for the U.S. in in Latin America. Mm. Iraq has kind of become the Middle Eastern equivalent.
3: Yeah,
1: and if you want to maintain after you leave militarily, if you want to maintain control, uh, before you maybe can set up set it up exactly the way you want in terms of client state and the economic control. You need to have a a period of instability that extends kind of indefinitely until you're able to craft it into the the hideous monster that you want it to be, you know, the hideous distorted version of freedom and democracy that you want it to be. You've got to keep the terrorism rolling because that's your, I mean, they have no other, the U.S. has no other mandate, has no other reason to exist anymore in the world as it is, as a a superpower, a, a, a world police without yeah. Terrorist threats. So I mean terrorism is its business. Producing it, engaging in it, uh staging it, blaming other people for it. That's pretty much all it is these days.
2: Do you remember the the guy who was out of or I don't know he was out of it? It was just an article that you picked up. It included some audio. He was the American who was in charge of the death squads yeah. in Iraq. Is yeah. he is he still there?
1: Uh, who knows? He could be. I mean, things just went kind of quiet after yeah. after that story. I mean, that was that that story he was, was in that case. case. That story was was about uh, in years gone right. gone by. You know yeah. what happened now after they all supposedly left and stuff is is anybody's. But he set something up there. He set up a um, a system of essentially death squads that mm. go around planting bombs and killing people and stuff, uh, and you know, not nobody taking responsibility for it. This undefined. Uh, terrorism and car bombs and suicide bombers and they keep calling the media is ridiculous. They keep calling them suicide bombers when there's no evidence whatsoever that there's any suicide bomber in there, you know, Uh, because, I mean, it's been, it's been proven pretty much categorically that that the whole suicide bombing meme or idea is based around someone, you know, for one example, someone putting a bomb in some unwitting person's car, waiting till he drives down into the market and then blowing it up. Boom. Yeah, people saw a car driving in with a driver and it blew up suicide bomber. But nobody questions that. Or like the Israelis have often done, which is, you know, use one of their, you know, one of the Palestinians that they've been torturing and abusing in, in Israeli jails and cut them a, a deal and say, listen, we want you to work for us.
0: Here, uh, make this video. Make this video. Uh, set off a bomb and make sure your passport
1: Well, well not only bomb. that. It, yeah, exactly. So, along those lines. But it's like, you know, we want you to work for us. So we want, we're going to give you a pass into, we're going to set you free, give you a pass into downtown Tel Aviv. And we want you to take these documents and put them in a backpack, you know, and carry the backpack into this. And meet this guy. Well, your contact's going to be in a falafel stand <laughs> in downtown Tel Aviv. And when you walk in there, you'll see him and you hand them over. So they're sitting across the road watching this guy doing what they just told him to do on the appointed on day. And uh, he walks in there and people see him walking in. But what nobody knows is that a couple of days beforehand, the, Israeli, the Mossad or the Shin Bet have gone in there and put a bomb. In, a small, in the building. A, a small, you know, bit of plastic explosive somewhere. And as soon as he walks in, they're sitting across the street and they push the button. Boom. And it's all over the news and there's no way to contest it. Okay. Yeah. A Palestinian walked in with a backpack. Yeah. And the place blew up. They have the story so ready. bummer. They've got a profile on him. So They've got his history,
2: you know? all his affiliations. They can say, "Look, he was obviously a terrorist. He was from this neighbourhood. He was yeah. seen walking in. He yeah. was seen with his backpack. Boom."
1: And the only reason why anybody would say that that couldn't happen is because they wouldn't do that. That's so inhuman, but it's so easy, and it and achieves yeah. such a such a uh, uh, um, uh, it, it achieves their goals and their it, it furthers their aims and their aims of demonizing Palestinians so easily and so well that. Why wouldn't they do it? You know, step out of your holier than thou kind of like, you know, we're all the same and people are all good people ultimately and stuff and think about uh, the way things are actually done in the world today. You know, get off your high horse and just realize that it's very simple for these things to be done and stop being fooled and the media. Just forget about the mainstream media because, you know, they're just a mouthpiece of the government. But talking about, um, talking about funding Al-Qaeda and stuff, there's a guy, uh, john f Sopko, he's a special investigator special inspector he works for the government special inspector general for afghanistan reconstruction and he produced a, re- a report not so long ago uh, that basically states that billions of dollars in supposed reconstruction money for afghanistan is probably going to the taliban and other al-qaeda groups in afghanistan so this means that this is obviously a, a problem, you know, uh, not just on a, well, it's mainly, it's not a problem on a practical level, it's a problem on a PR level, because it means that, um, well, first of all, the State Department, when they got this report, said that they couldn't really cancel any of those contracts that they would given to Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan for reconstruction, you know, because if they did, they would be infringing, they would be going against due process, which is basically the, the legal rights of the people that they had signed the contract with. They had signed legal <laughs> contracts to give them millions or billions, collectively billions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer money to the Taliban and Al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they couldn't infringe their legal rights. Yet at home, due process and Americans' legal rights are being crapped on all over the place
3: well, in, the
1: that's na- ridiculous. in the name of, but they're, 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 they're yeah. destroying legal rights. And due process in the US for Americans in the name of national security, which is essentially a threat against the American people, presented by the Taliban and Al Qaeda, who they are fighting in Iraq, but also giving money to Mm. under this reconstruction and upholding their legal rights. Now, if that isn't being royally screwed by your own (laughs) government in a really egregious way, I don't know what is. I mean, how how much more? Jesus Christ, how much more? Mm, they i I'm really being screwed over here. That's just like in your face, you know I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like being slapped 20 million times in the face and, you know, by your own government and saying, you you like that? Here's some more. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, they're, they're giving taxpayer money. I mean, they, think about it. Think about the the circular kind of mm. loop that it is, you know? They're giving your money to the people that they are supposedly fighting and taking away your rights because they need to protect you from them, but they're giving money to them and also in other places, weapons and uh, training. And you don't care. And I understand, yeah, you don't care because there's nothing you can do about it. But there is something you can do about it and it's at least recognize it and go, oh my God, Mm -hmm. things are pretty bad. The rule of law is a
2: great thing. You know, it's so flexible. Yeah. It's, It's crazy. These are the people who these are people who will be getting up there and telling you, you know, how you should live your life, how immoral it is to cheat on your wife, to not pay your taxes, yeah. to go to church.
4: And is it immoral to go to church? I think so. It's a bit like religion, you know. <clears throat> For normal people, the law, the religion is right. For the elites, the law, the religion is useful. Yeah. Speaking of religion. i have to say something about
1: the Pope. Oh dear. fancy, fancy Baby.
0: Su- did you subscribe to his Twitter feed? Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm
1: going straight to heaven. I, I subscribe so many I subscribe with so many different accounts that I'm I'm actually getting yeah. I'm going straight through Purgatory and into heaven. Yeah. yeah. Uh I'll be hitching a ride on his uh on his As silky Popemobile. silky mobile or his on his silky uh
2: down tails. Um No, yeah. He was in... Um, was he his first trip away? He went to yeah. Brazil?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's just terrible. Uh, three million people on a beach, all, you know, crying and cheering and clapping. It was basically... You could have just put, you know... Justin Bieber up there. <laughs> Probably would have had more people. And, and you would have had more people, yeah. But it would would be no different whatsoever. You know, you just switch to switch from footage of them, you know, screaming and cheering for the Pope to uh any any pop, any concert, you know, pop concert or whatever. And I bet you you it, no different. Was a
0: Justin Bieber concert and they just sort of inserted footage of the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause> nobody <laughs> really up. There.
1: <laughs> so, um yeah, I mean, that's just I don't know. It's just it's kind of amazing and depressing at the same time to see so many people fawning and fawning over one person as though he's like and he's just this, you know, I mean he, he even doesn't even have an illustrious history. He's got a really terrible history in Argentina where he basically supported the the military dictatorship in in um, in Argentina when they were even when they were like, "Wow, well, do you think he's pope?" Yeah, when they were killing yeah. uh, when they were disappearing priests and stuff. He kind of like said, you know, Try to put a cap on it, basically and not not uh not complain too much, you know he collaborated yeah. with a dictatorship you know uh you know thirty years ago yeah. and and now he's the pope, and he's being worshipped by all these people, and they don't even get it that it's that it's exactly the same as just a bunch of people going to a pop concert i mean it's the same feeling that they're getting you know uh, it's like it, it it's a, it's hero worship and and but the problem is that you know I suppose people who go to a a pop concert ultimately wouldn't say that you know. I don't think that their idol is going to save their souls or anything like that. But I suppose Catholics tend to think that.
0: I don't know. You haven't seen many Justin Bieber fans. Well, maybe Justin <laughs> Bieber fans do believe that,
1: <laughs> and maybe they're right. Maybe he will. You know.
0: I think so. I mean.
1: So um, yeah, but just uh, just thinking about him in terms of the recent stuff we've been talking about in terms of um, in previous shows about the Jesus Caesar switcheroo. Yeah, and what the. Um, the founders of the Christian Church, who they are, the type of people they are. I mean, they're no different than the corrupt politicians today. They were the corrupt politicians of the day, and they mm-hmm. just they just handed out uh, you know bishoprics. Is that the term? Yeah. Uh, or, or you know these these, yeah. these um positions within the church? they just switch people over people who, who were uh, a guy who was a consul in a certain area of, of the Roman Empire. You're a bishop now. You know, training or anything. Is diocese. now you're now you're a bishop. We're gonna call you bishop now on. the original corrupt elite who just became uh, corrupt political elite, became corrupt religious elite, and and nothing else changed except their their message uh, in terms of what they how they justify themselves. But nothing else changed in how they operated and the. Uh, the the corruption and the the abuse of the of the lower classes nothing changed and the the guy in the in the vatican today is exact is, is their he's their descendant he he's in a direct lineage you know ideologically mm-hmm. uh, he's he's no different
2: and um that's why I think we're still living in the Roman empire <clears throat> in a certain sense
4: we are yeah. nothing uh, and we anyway, might experience the same uh, perspective as the Roman empire but uh, this week we made an interesting discovery about uh, historiography, you know, the way history is written. And uh, interestingly, most of the manuscripts today date back to the 10th or 11th century. Nothing is much older than that. Allegedly, it was uh, <clears throat> during this time that uh, written language switched from uh, capital Greek to uh, minuscules Latin. So everything had to be rewritten. And uh, people who analyzed this rewriting process discovered that most of the manuscript got altered, some were destroyed, some were uh, cut in pieces, and the embarrassing chapter were removed. And interestingly, almost only one antique writer Survived. It was not altered, It was Josephus. But the interesting thing is that Josephus, uh, 70 A.D. to 100 A.D., is the one who transformed the Caesar story into the Jesus story during the the Flavian emperors. What What's his name? Josephus. Yeah. Okay. Flavius a Josephus. Yeah. He was a, He was a Jew. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's interesting we are talking about uh, um, black being white and white being black. He was a Jew, yes, and he was very pro-Jew, but at the same time, he was one of the leaders of the Jewish wars in 17 AD, but then he kind of changed side, Mm -hmm. and he was a avid supporter of Flavin, Mm -hmm. the Roman emperor. And uh, he developed a this ideology, this, he developed uh, what is known today as a uh, Christianism mm-hmm. by using uh, a lot of divus uh, Julius, Julius symbology and story by including some Jewish uh, symbology in it and uh, historical reference trying to, uh, and, uh, and a new Christian twist, trying to include uh, the Caesarian supporters and the Jewish uh, believers into this new composite religions uh, Christi- called christianism and that had uh, that was not founded on uh, any truth actually it was uh, a total distortion of uh, um, ex- of the existing caesarian cult mm-hmm. yeah
1: and um yeah joseph is an example of, of someone with no real principles who uh of which you know there are many in power today, they just they use and, well principles in the sense of the principles that they officially espouse uh or publicly espouse uh that they can turn around and, and you know behind the scenes they go completely against it so they're not they may have pr- hidden principles, but i mean he 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 switched from being uh
0: I, I think he was trying to i don't know if he was really trying to be evil. When he did that, I think he was trying to do a good job. I think he was trying to create a religion to, you know, bring everybody together. And I think he was trying to kind of, in a certain sense, um, rehabilitate the Jewish people after the after the wars. You know, to integrate them into the empire, which has always been a little bit of a problem for Jewish people. They had always found it very difficult to integrate into uh, to foreign populations and of course it, it continued and it wasn't successful i mean it was a good try but it didn't work they they fundamentally rejected christianity and exactly. it bounced around for a while and then came back you know a few hundred years later or something like that but i think at the time he didn't do it like ooh yeah i'm going to screw these people over oh yeah i'm a evil evil jew no he wasn't like that he was i think he was really trying to integrate them in he was trying to give them a a version of the Roman worship, which was fundamentally different from from Judaism, integrates them both together, and a nice little amalgamation. He wasn't good at it; he kind of sucked. But again, this is quite a long time ago. Um, he didn't like have a word processor and find and replace. So I mean, like you know, sort of like you know, three feet up the the scroll, maybe he, he was just like, oh crap, I forgot what I wrote here or something like that. But. I don't know yeah, if it was but although, black and white. Well, but the,
1: the problem is that yeah, the, uh, the the people who were ushering in the new Christianity or Christianism at the time, it was uh, they must have known that it was they could see that it was based on the same um, <clears throat> kind of class warfare or or essentially class division where the, okay. the 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 low the lower classes or the poor people were were a rabble were scum and. You know they were not catered to in any real way whatsoever and, and Christianity was brought in to to perpetuate that kind of uh corruption and um I
0: mean,
3: un-
1: inequality in society from you know?
0: point of view in a certain sense i mean it's not quite exactly like that there are uh, there are elites that are not necessarily all like oh, they're just there for us to exploit and I think a lot of them do kind of feel a little bit like shepherds, and that they, I mean, because the quote-unquote rabble sometimes do act very willfully ignorant. You know, they don't really seem they they really believe in, in, in very superstitious things. We, we see this all over the place. I mean, if you if you leave a group of people alone on an island, man, they'll just go crazy, and somebody's going to get thrown in a volcano the minute you know it rains too much. Um, and we have observed this. We do know that's true. So I think that some of those those religion, religion makers, I don't think that they had a completely negative um, desire when they made them.
1: I disagree, but there you go. I mean, the history of Christianity right from the get-go was one of... Uh, oppression. The, the of, result,
2: oppression of the, yeah. however we... Oh, whatever about Flavian, Flavius, Josephus Flavius' his intentions, they, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the result was creation of the Vatican, a religion that oppresses people, that teaches them that poverty
0: is good. There's a hundred re- years of history going on between any <laughs> of this stuff. I'm
2: bringing it to where it is today. Right.
0: The Vatican and wasn't always
2: it it all
4: bad. I mean, Catholicism wasn't always all bad. The, the thing is, it's a big debate. The, <clears throat> it's a fun, I think it's a, one of the fundamental paradigms that differentiate uh, the optimates Position from the populist position. In the optimates' mind, we have these strong beliefs that people are stupid, that they tend to rebel, they can be violent, they're uncontrollable, they are lazy, they want more and more free bread, and uh, this perception of the people legitimizes a lot of uh, actions and reactions, including. Uh, Actions that, uh, that are beyond uh, acceptable. And at the same time, the same uh, elitist who define the people in such negative terms don't assess objectively what the elite is committing. No, it's a, st- a self fulfilling prophecy.
1: I mean, if they, if they treat the poor badly, then the poor will. Turn into turn into a, a a rabble who want to overthrow them and will have riots and all right. this kind of stuff. And they say, see we need to keep these people down because they're just going to be they're going to attack us and try and destroy civilization over and over again. And they never take into consideration the idea that well, if we treated them fairly, have we ever tried treated them fairly to see what? if they if we if we give them proper housing and proper food and a bit of self respect. Uh, and, and would would they live peaceably? You know what I mean? But that's never been tried because you you, you get uh, p- people who are greedy just want more and more well, and they want to live in opulence while people around them live
0: as slaves. You know. I mean, it's not quite like that, I don't think. I mean, people, if you talk about people as a giant mass, which I think is really not necessarily the best idea because there are lots of different types of people, I think that there are large sections of the population who actually, in a certain sense, do fit the bill and give... Um, a disturbing amount of evidence in favor of an elitist view of the world. I mean, they do act very much like that. They they can be very bad. Um, not everybody who's in prison in the United States is a political prisoner who didn't do anything wrong. There are quite a number of them who are actually very bad. And there are a lot of people who you know rob and steal and cheat and, and do act unfairly. So in a certain sense, they have this evidence. Now, of course, they take it too far. They say oh they 're all this way, or this justifies us, and then they don 't apply it to themselves, yeah
4: yeah they don 't look uh, but at the crimes what of a- this, uh, right. all the abuse that are committed by those elites it's very uh,
0: both sides
4: asymmetrical know. evaluation of the elites versus the people
0: but then then the people give the same asymmetrical evaluation <clears throat> of the elites, and I would say that it 's kind of like. One of us is going to have to grow up and it's not going to be the elite. So the people are just going to have to learn to start acting a little bit better, taking more responsibility and, and being more active.
4: You know, if you look at those societies still today, you say say you have 99% people, 1% elite. When it's you, really more like a, a percent of a percent. But yes, it's true. To be fair. Um, so we simplify here. <laughs> when you see the violence the abuses, the crimes committed by the elites, the, the quantity of people who directly suffer because of their unfair decision, there is a huge asymmetry between the people and the wrong behavior they can have sometimes, and the elite on the other side that is uh, usually have a, a fundamentally uh, toxic behavior, toxic action towards the, the whole hum- humanity.
3: Yeah, but I'm Yeah, it
4: comes down to
2: were they made that way or were they born that way? And I think the people for the most part who end up in prison, especially in a pathocracy, were made that way. Mm-hmm. But th- those that are born that way don't they're few and far generally get
1: they're few and caught far, up. They're few and far between and they're not exactly. because of their numbers or not they're not in a position to create any kind of a major disruption
3: mm-hmm. in
1: society. And I mean history testifies to the fact that I mean all of the, nearly all of the <clears throat> mass revolts throughout the past 2000 years across the world have all been by the lower classes because they were being treated objectively and very right. clearly unfairly right. and being oppressed and i mean the, the, there's not really any
0: incident and of look people living people do, live, <laughs> when they revolt i mean if you take away all the evidence that most of the time they are sort of prodded in that direction by one half of the elite fighting the other look at how they behave it's fundamentally inappropriate. It's a completely unjustified the way that they behave. When when they do have enough, they go in and, and they start chopping everybody's heads off, and they really get very indiscriminate and violent. But that's what and I you just, understand, right? But, but then you understand why the elite fears that so much and I, wants to suppress them. even No, more. but
1: Jason, Jason, there's no point in taking a contrary view just for the sake of it. And secondly, it's not about uh, people revolting when they have enough and are, are, are feeling well-treated. People don't revolt when they're... Exactly, they don't. Exactly. So it's only in the situation where, where they're being uh, mistreated that they revolt. And in that situation, you can't blame them for any excesses that... They, well, I mean, that's yeah, human yeah. nature. Well, that's human nature. They should not be put in that position in the first place. A, a responsible elite or responsible governing uh, group should understand the nature of these people if they're so much more intellectual and superior to them They should understand their natures mm-hmm. and and work with them so that that doesn't happen And it's very easy to make sure that doesn't happen and that you do not oppress them and do not treat them like like slaves and cattle
4: And uh, there's a good example There's a good example Julius Caesar Who ruled the Roman Empire for several years when you people were able to see good and to see bad people were able to uh, Evaluate the, the meaning of the political decision, people lost Caesar, and Caesar gave them a lot for once, cause there are very few examples in history. For once, you had a leader, a populist leader, who was really serving the interests of the people.
3: Mm.
4: He was giving land, he was giving citizenship, he was giving food, he was even giving money, and people didn't abuse it. people didn 't ask for more, people didn 't complain. People didn't start a civil war. People were just happy. I think most people, they just want a happy, normal life. It's most basically what they don't want. I think since the beginning of history, people don't want what they are being served with. They don't want to be cannon folders. They don't want to be slaves. They don't want to be exploited. They don't want to be lied to. Well, okay. People don't want oppression. First
0: of all, I'm not being
4: contrarian just to be contrarian.
0: All right. that's not. I'm not even being contrarian at all. I'm just saying that you know, you want the elites of the world to act better. And that's never going to happen. And I agree. Who, who, you
2: also, who wants them to you know,
0: act better? Joe is sitting there saying that they shouldn't be oppressing, they shouldn't be doing all this stuff. That's just never going to happen. Okay, And you're never going to get rid of the concept of elites. We, we've been trying for a very, very long time. And no matter what kind of society, communist society, you always end up people just float to the top. And 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 it never it never ends. And everyone's like, Well they shouldn't. And then if they do this, if they do this and it just goes on and on and on and then everybody rises up and Let's have a revolution. And then they you know get very, very indiscriminate with their killing. And then when everything settles down, everyone's like, Whoa let's not do that again. Okay, let's organize this to be cool. They organize it to be cool, it lasts for a while. Elites float up the top and then those elites they float up at the top, they start saying, Well what if they try to do to us what we did to the last group of elites? Oh shit! Better suppress them. You know, I mean, it's just a vicious cycle when you use that kind of that violent reprisals from either end. But the elites are never
4: ever going to change. This being said, it's tricky to say that the people, when they are enough, they start revolution and they chop heads.
0: Wow! History
4: not- shows that most what this so-called revolution, quote unquote is usually engineered, I said and that. the two revolutions, like uh, there was one attempt, like uh, called the Commune in 1871 in France, yeah. it was repressed in blood, and the elites, they killed all of them. Right. They killed 50% of the skilled workers in Paris. 50%. So, the it's a good way to differentiate three, three revolutions from Fake, co revolution. Yeah. The true revolutions are started by the people, don't by the people, and the people in it will be killed, all of them. Yeah. The fake revolutions are engineered by one elite that will replace, replace another elite by instrumentalizing, using the people. But the people is only a tool in those fake revolutions, and also a victim. See the French Revolution 1789, you switch from aristocracy to a regime that was even worse, the terror
3: yeah.
4: that killed indiscriminately, millions of people. Mm-hmm. So again, and also, there's not this sort of lineage
0: of, of elites where they, you know... I mean, it's it's such a complicated situation that it's hard to make just a single statement. Oh, it's like this, or oh, it's like that. It doesn't work that way.
2: Um, oh, well, it's pretty simple for me. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the elite, I mean, the actual elite, are all a bunch of twisted, psychopathic pedophiles. They work together to oppress people mm. the world over. Even even when they indirectly don't work together, the result is that they are cooperative, mm. even when they're actually trying to get one over each other. right? Um, they have so many skeletons in their closet, um, of which if people had the slightest idea that the, the the whole thing would be quote unquote blown wide open now that is not a subjective statement on my part that this is what i would wish i accept the reality that this is not going to happen or is very unlikely to happen still i can see how much it would it has angered me and inspired me to learn about what they do go as dark and as deep as it takes to see them mm-hmm. Because the more that comes out, the, the the worse it is. There 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 are no redeeming features whatsoever about an elite. That
0: I wouldn't support that opinion. I just
2: I don't Well, that... let's talk about this because in the last twenty years, probably more, but certainly I think since the nineties, successive countries in Europe and in the U.S. as well, um, there have been little glimpses of light peeking through where there were outbreaks of <clears throat> evidence for high level paedophile networks. Now pedophile probably isn't the right word. The French have a better word. They call them pedocriminals. People who commit crimes against children. Pedophile in English suggests a lover of children, of course. It's nothing like that at all. We're talking about <clears throat> we're not talking about the odd case here and there. We're talking about the systematic um plunder of um orphanages homes, schools, uh, and just off-the-street kidnappings of thousands of children in countries in Western Europe. And there is a lot of evidence that the same few people in each locality get together and conspire to effectively consume children and work very, very hard to cover it up. There's the infamous Dutroux case in Belgium um, where Belgium was on the verge of, well I'm not going to say revolution, but there was a spontaneous mass demonstrations for about a week, the white marches, when more or less the full extent of what was going on came out. Uh, I think people were right in their suspicions. P- people obviously... W- prefer justice rather than just having names thrown out there. But they had seen enough to make them go, this is probably true.
3: Mm.
2: Royals were being named. Judges were being named. The prime minister himself and his office were named by numerous children who did not know each other in testimonies and affidavits they gave to investigating police and magistrates in 1996 in Belgium. Mm. They did eventually cover it up. But it was a close call, and in the meantime, we've had this emerge in other countries, in France, in the UK, in the UK, in America, in the Netherlands, Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. Uh,
0: there was one in the...
2: And we're talking about a very small number of people, but they are the kingmakers and/or the kings and presidents. We're talking about the elite and beyond that, the bankers, and we're talking about a few group of people. But the same pattern repeats over and over.
4: Yeah, the mothers of Perendi the specifics of all those cases are almost always the same. That's what is fascinating when you study those cases, the, the, the two you, you mentioned, the Portugal case, the Carpentra case, the Perpignan case, the Toulouse case, Affair Alegre case. So you see basically that um, always the official story is the, the lone predator, like the Harvey Oswald. But the truth is that Systematically, you have a highly organized network with at the bottom some kidnappers like Dutroux that can possibly be sacrificed if things get really bad, but you also see that there is a strong involvement of people in power, judges, attorneys, police officers, ministers, royalties, representatives of the elites, and that's what makes those networks so powerful. One thing that, you, that is almost systematic is that they manage to introduce attorneys that they control to allegedly defend the victims, the mother and the children. Very often, you have a court decision that says, okay, the custody is removed from the mother, the whistleblower, the mother who wants to protect the children, and custody is given to the predator, often the father. And um, another fascinating thing is that when you read those cases, some, are, some of them are very detailed. Uh, very good account is, has been written by Rijden Alouf, who was uh, a victim of this networks for 15 years from an year, earliest age. <clears throat> and you realize that sex actually is really uh, not an end, and rape is uh, not much compared to uh, what is really going on. You discover that the, the end actually is a destruction of the children and power, existing power. <clears throat> so, you have a lot of occurrences concerning um, uh, murders, ritual murders, torture, hunting parties, where the preys are not animals, but... Innocent children, they usually use crossbows. Uh, first they rape the prey, and then they kill the prey. And that's a fascinating but a very scary, actually, insight in the psychopathic mind and psychopathic behaviors. Mm. You know, Regina Luf, for example, she describes how uh, Juchu was uh, not so bad. He was just raping. He was just a, what they call a pedophile uh, or pedo-criminal. It was just mostly sex for him. But the worst ones were torturers, basically. Physical torture, but also emotional torture. She uh, she tells about the case she was with a quote-unquote client, and this guy, what he liked to do with her, it's not sexual, huh? well, uh, but it's emotional torture, what he liked to do is to behave to be very nicely with a kid that was in the bedroom, you know, beating the the hair giving sweets, giving compliments, and the children you can imagine the level of trauma of those uh, those children and uh had developed two hundred alter egos to cope with the, the level of violence it's uh indescriptible what they went through you know mm-hmm. and uh, so you have these little children who is being uh, taken care of apparently who start to to open up build up confidence to bond a little bit and uh, and then the guy says. Okay, and then have one more sweet, and uh, you can go. And then the kid leaves, and he's so happy, you know. For once, he was not abused, he was not molested, he was not raped. And just before the kids reach the door, then oh, you can imagine uh, the rest. So it's uh, switch, this uh, mental okay, torture, right. physical torture. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, endemic, it's epidemic, it's systemic, uh it involves uh, part of the elites. Also something else <clears throat> it's not black and white as as well. You have some of of the elite members that get involved in this network despite uh, what they really want. Uh, I'm going to give an example. For example, they're going to organize a party with uh, children, but not so young children, like teenagers, 14 years old, 15 years old, girls. And... uh, they will invite uh, this lawyer, or this judge, and they will make him drink, maybe put some drug in this drink, and they will propose, oh, we have this uh, this woman, this young woman, and, uh, and the young woman, uh, she's set up, you know, and she seduces him, and they go in the bedroom, and in the bedroom there's a camera. And then the network gets proofs that this uh, bourgeois, this uh, member of the elite, Is involved in pedophilia Mm
3: -hmm.
4: and they can blackmail him. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: So it's not black and white.
3: Yeah.
4: It's, um,
1: I was thinking the other night that, you know, the nature of uh, human existence or life on planet Earth, human life on planet Earth, that it's not about creating um, some kind of utopia Mm -hmm. because there's something. Programmed into the system at a very fundamental level that can't be changed, and that seems to be psychopathy,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the, and the various types of psychopathy and characteropathy, whatever that's genetic. So at a genetic level, in terms of the the human beings on this planet, there are, are kind of interlopers or uh, interspecies predators, as as they've been called, and they. It seems that uh, looking at history, they are there to ensure that no kind of utopian uh, life on planet Earth can ever evolve or can ever be maintained for any significant amount of time so that kind of leads me to conclude that a uh, tentative answer to to the question of what what's what's it all about you know what's what what's the purpose of life the meaning of life and it's certainly not. To try and create um, or to have uh, a utopia, but rather to i mean obviously this kind of mm, psychopathy as at a, at a genetic level within the species is creates a lot of suffering ultimately when it rises to the top, so obviously it 's about uh, suffering is part of the game as well, but obviously with suffering you have an opportunity to learn from suffering, so it seems to be that ultimately the the point of life here is to learn from the experience, not to create any kind of uh, you know, uh, a utopian world because it seems to be impossible, essentially, with the, with this factor of psychopathy.
2: Try, yeah. Try and learn, and try not to add to the existing yeah, well, massive debt. Part of the of karma, or whatever you want to call it.
0: Well, I think I, it, try
2: your best to avoid not adding to it.
0: Right? Well, in in it this might, sense, that, we kind of are saying basically that the elite, so-called, as we keep calling them, it's not really necessarily the best word are themselves prey in many instances to psychopaths as well. They're infection at all levels of society. <clears throat> and it's not simply because they're elite that they're uh, so-called pedo-criminals. And just being an elite or being a judge or being a president or even being a king does not automatically mean that in order to get that position, you have to be a pedo-criminal. No, not at all. No, I no mean, no, no. And of
4: course
1: not. The idea isn't that there, there can't be an elite on the planet. The idea is that the elite has to be... There are differences within uh, human beings, and there are people who have proclivities uh, for for you know intellectual pursuits and for figuring things out on a bigger scale, and other people who just like to get on with the the basics of life and stuff. And there are divisions within human human nature, and it doesn't mean that they can't and even shouldn't be an elite by that uh, by that definition. But the problem is, is that if there's an elite that uh, has been corrupted and has been uh, Ponerized or contains a lot of psychopaths, well then you're going to have that, that type of person shows no concern whatsoever for other people and, and tend, to, tend to want to victimize other people, so you're going to have i mean it's, it's not that there shouldn 't be an elite on the planet, but that the history of the elite on the planet seems to be infected with this kind of psychopathy and has always seems to, always seems to have led to a corrupt elite that pisses off in a serious way pisses off the lower classes treats them badly leads them to want to rebel and you know and they're not exactly skilled at necessarily rebelling i mean it's not they're being the the lower classes in that way we're being forced into that position or, or 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 being pushed into a position where they have the rebellion and then they by definition of the kind of people they are don't have the the wherewithal or the the abilities to to be the The managers are the the stewards of the nation because that's not their position and that's not even what they're happy with or what they want
4: to do. But, you know, knowing the the level of polarization of the society today in the past two, there is a strong correlation between uh, psychopathy and elites, unfortunately, because the system is set in a way that to reach the top of the ladder, you have to exhibit uh, some strong psychopathic trait. This being said, it's not black and white. In the elite, you have very good guys who usually end up suiciding, committing suicide with three bullets in the head. In the but, back of the
0: head after they fall down an
4: elevator shaft. Yeah, or drawn in a five-centimeter deep pond. Yeah. But yeah, it's not black and white. And just going back to what Joe was saying about this notion of utopia, in the end, it might not be exclusive, mutually exclusive, because if human being could learn about psychopathy and polarization and act upon it, i.e., minimize the damage induced by polarization, we would reduce dramatically the level of suffering of humanity exactly. and we would give rise to some sort of a utopic world, the Golden Age.
0: Well, some sort of. <laughs>
4: but that in itself. It would reduce that, suffering much. That in itself
1: would require a lot of ordinary people because yeah. uh, from what yeah. we understand about the nature of psychopaths and different characteropathies and stuff like that how difficult it is i mean there's that book by cleckley the mask of sanity i mean and there's various reports by people who have studied like robert hare who studied psychopaths and been up close and personal with them his whole life and still gets fooled by them you know so yeah, it's seems to be an extremely tall order for people to, on mass be able it's to something identify they're going them they to have to do well yeah you know, but the thing is, is it's that a that topic yeah, well, that's what I mean. I don't think it's possible for that to happen.
0: But this so, is exactly what I'm saying. No, it is possible. It has to be possible. That's the only way to solve the problem. No, but I don't think the problem, that's what I
1: was just saying is that like, in my opinion anyway that uh, for me and something that makes sense for me is that the, that goes back to the meaning of life, the nature of life on Earth is that it's not to solve that problem. That it, that this is like um, just a place where, where well, it, not, it serves a specific purpose and it's for people to deal with all the problems caused by the situation and there's no it's set up in such a way that it's not solvable because a utopia is for oh. some other planet. Oh. You know? I
0: mean no, no person's immune from disease, you know. No person is completely immune from getting any kind of particular disease left, right, or center. And social bodies are the same. Elites, you know, your local gang, your local PTA can get affected by a psychopath and it happens in many movies are made with those types of characters. And solving the problem is not eradicating the psychopaths because it 's fundamentally impossible. They can be born into any class, mm-hmm. any area you know it doesn't matter. you don't have to be an elite to be a psychopath. you could be you know a bum in the yeah. gutter and still be a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, the solution is not to get rid of them it's to to learn how to deal with them I think and that's very important that's what I was saying earlier that that the only way that this situation is going to get any better is for people en mass, all sort of normal people. To, to educate themselves to get more educated to, to be able to be a little bit more discerning about things
1: but that's what i also said was that i think i think that's an extremely tall order and effectively impossible to do as well because of the nature of psychopaths and how difficult they are to spot
0: then let's not do anything
1: yeah, you know yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> except
1: talk about people and the people who can't get a clue I mean, i'm not talking i mean yeah revolutions are a bad idea because they're always co-opted and you know, I mean, it's about learning, and wherever people can learn a bit here, a bit there, or a person here, a person there, that's maybe the point. And you know, it's a bit of a bit of fatalistic approach to, uh, to to the situation, but maybe it's maybe it's true. all just a it's all just a school anyway type thing, you know, for learning. And
4: there's another fascinating aspect of the of those bit uh, criminal networks, and that. Um, Put some light on the gradation of polarization the typical path followed by the by a victim by a ch- children victim of those uh, networks is as follows you know most of the time the children starts his life his life in a in a poor family but not only poor in a family where there's a lot of negligence there's a first step of polarization somehow and then the children want to escape this uh, familial uh, environment that is not supportive, and will fall in the arms of the first uh, petty predator that has a nice car and give money, and uh, who is the basic supplier of the network. And then you have uh, the second level of polarization somehow, like Mark Dutroux. And then you have a, a third level, like Michel Niels, that are mostly users that are these kind of people, leaders and users. And uh, and the higher you go, somehow, the the stronger the level of polarisation of darkness. You know, you have a degradation amongst the client in evilness, somehow.
1: Yeah, just getting back to our uh, thing about the, the terror alert over the entire month of August, one other possible angle on it is that there's a report just recently from a couple of days ago and it starts off
3: with just
1: think a nuclear device carried aloft by an Iranian rocket somewhere near the Gulf of Mexico and a blinding flash in the skies within 12 to 18 months experts predict 90% Ninety percent of Americans will be dead.
0: <laughs> so ridiculous!
1: That's the catastrophic threat from the resulting electromagnetic pulse signal, or EMP, <laughs> that an upcoming conference will address. So there's this group, uh, the United West, is scheduling on Friday this Friday um, of next week, <coughs> scheduling a conference to discuss this topic. And the group itself is, in its own words, dedicated to defending and advancing Western civilization against the kinetic and cultural onslaught of Sharia Islam. So it's an interesting, uh, there's a three-way three kind of um, uh, split there in a way. It's, um, first of all, you have this, well, it's an Iranian rocket, uh, so it's targeting Muslims or Iranians, and it's also, they're dedicated to uh, stopping the kinetic and the cultural onslaught of Sharia Islam, so it's like radical Islam, or we're here to stop it, and it's positing this idea of an EM pulse. It takes out the power. It uh, takes out everything electrical, supposedly. Which over the U.S. will lead to ninety percent death. Yeah, after two hundred and some million people. Or, yeah, into, uh, yeah. Well, they say after it, twelve to eighteen months, but you know. Oh but, yeah,
0: because.
1: Yeah. Why? Well, because people. <laughs> well, they, did, that's, that's, what that's what
0: they're saying is
1: no. They predicting that that's how long it takes for someone to die when they don't have their iPhone. they, they yeah. Have, yeah. It takes uh, them eighteen months of non iPhone usage uh, no, uh, no to the, di- uh, die
2: From what what they're saying is that it would knock out transformers. And the way the U.S. electrical grid is set up, everything relies on electricity. So um, they would not be able to replace the key transformers or 12 or 13 because the parts for them are either in Europe or uh, just simply because it takes so long to rebuild them. That what the part of their argument is that the transformers, the the actual stations themselves, aren't protected from British being tr- knocked out. Mm-hmm. True. Um so the the idea I don't is,
0: understand how it leads to ninety percent death. Because be it
2: would be w- without electricity
0: everything is dependent on it. And oh. people starve and people will everyone riot. would die because it's not like we have like one point three million years of history where we didn't have electricity and, and
2: No no but they yeah, pe- people people aren't going food themselves.
3: Yeah.
2: They're entirely dependent on the store. De- and the US is and importing US. most of its food now.
1: But the the interesting thing is that is tying it in with this thirty this is a different story to the thirty day the month of August uh, terror alert uh, and them claiming that you know this uh, positing the situation where an Iranian rocket creates an EMP fires an EMP um, and destroys the US it's interesting to 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 to, to parallel that with the uh, with. Obviously, the the number of meteorite impacts on the one in Russia, which we can play if we want, no. uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, earlier on this year and stuff. I mean, it's just it's interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if I mean it's a bit of a, lo- a bit of a bit of a stretch maybe, but the idea that you know a major meteorite uh, detonation above the US.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, would that be would that be distinguishable if nobody said what, where it came from? Would that be distinguishable from this scenario for the average person of a nuclear bomb no, being detonated and you no, know, and especially in one seems, of it seems a bit crude. Okay, I admit that it's a bit of a crude attempt to kind of like set that up as if I they they as if they mm-hmm. as if they could see that there was something coming in or they predict they're, they're predicting in their super secret technical NASA labs where where there is maybe. The possibility of an incoming uh, meteorite, and um, they're setting up the scenario so they can at least try and blame the Muslims.
4: Well, I reached the same conclusion as you, and we didn't discuss it. Um, so there's a political, an analysis on a political level, blaming the Iranians on a weather level or cosmic level. It's a good way to prepare the ground for covering up an over-recommendary explosion that can be a strong source of EMP, Mm -hmm. electromagnetic pulses, covering it up with allegedly iranian weapons. And there's another twist. So first, on the cosmic level, they cover cometary activity, but they also imply that the solar activity is going through surges. Because there's one article... This is something different.
2: At the same time, yeah. Brewing in the background, yeah. is another yeah. political lobby called High Frontier, also staffed by former CIA directors, former ambassadors, former uh, U.S. ministers under Reagan, Bush, Clinton and so on. And their angle on it. in fact, two weeks ago story broke out massive solar flare narrowly misses Earth. Yeah. EMP disaster barely avoided. And it goes on to give the same kind of scenario where, if that had happened, oh my God, communications, well, particularly the electric grid, would have been knocked out. It would have been a total catastrophe. We need to do something to prepare for this. So
4: there are two lies they're covering they're
2: up. up they're, they're doing two things at once, coming two, out from two angles.
4: Yeah, and, and they cover up the two main factors that are affecting the future of humanity: the reduction in solar activity, by suggesting that. The sun is currently producing strong EMP pulse, EMP, which is not true at all. The sun is amazingly quiet, as it has been since, uh, well, I I think we should, more than 10 years. Yeah, we should
2: clarify for him. This story came out in the Washington Examiner. So it it went nationwide. Oh, my God, we we barely missed an EMP that would have fried everything. And the space weather. It it forced NASA the next day. To say no, there was nothing. It's not true.
4: Of course, there wasn't. Yeah, because people were checking the solar records. Yeah, and there's been no major solar flare. No, maybe uh, no, uh, no coronal mass ejection. There is the sun is almost totally inactive. Yeah, there is no EMP coming from the sun in July. But
1: here's the thing: is that because that might be a setting up, setting the narrative up in advance? Because if something like like that did yeah. happen, there's not really going to be anybody around, or the the, I mean there will be people around, but there'll be well set it up in a sense in the narrative that it's in the news, so that what news services are available afterwards, um, are able to refer back to this and say this is what it was uh, that it was either yeah. a, a nuclear, uh, a nuclear weapon, or it was a solar flare. Because who who's going to be able to check the NASA databases? The day after something like that happens, it's mm-hmm. going to be chaos. Right. Uh, people aren't going to be able to like get on the computers necessarily.
4: And, and well, board I mean, the only people observing the, the sun are not NASA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, exactly. So they're ready, They're preparing the ground because uh, it's not difficult to see that cometary activity is uh, increasing dramatically. They know there will be over cometary explosion, and they're cover- They're preparing the cover up, and they will either invoke an Iranian missile or a sudden uh, increase air. in solar activity, yeah. which at the same time is convenient because it hides the fact that the sun is extremely quiet, quiet which is a uh, worrying uh, factor, as we have described in, in previous shows. I don't think so, so they so. kill yeah. several it, birds it, with one stone. Part yeah.
2: of it, the narrative is that we are currently in solar maximum, and they give a time frame. They say we into 2014 we're, we're basically on red alert for a solar flare that's going to come and knock out the electrical grid so they've given the time frame of this it is a solar maximum indeed what they leave out what they haven't told anyone is that it's the quietest solar maximum in 100
4: years yeah more than 100 years um the official figures have been published yesterday concerning solar activity for the month of july and total number of sunspot is 58 so just to give you a, a benchmark and we are we are right in the maximum of solar cycle 24, 58 sunspots, to give you a benchmark, the maximum uh, sunspot per month, about 30 years ago it was about 200, so it extremely quiet, a little, uh, small number of sunspots, in addition the sunspots are not active at all. Because there are different kinds of sunspots, there are the small ones and there are the big ones that generate coronal mass ejections or solar flares. Those ones, they're non-numerous and they're small. And in addition, you have a very strange pattern where the solar cycle took a lot of time to start, solar cycle 24. For two years it was totally quiet, which, was, which didn't happen since the Mander minimum, the little ice age in 1645. And the maximum actually has been reached almost one year ago and uh, instead of having a, a nice inverted bell curve you have a very uh, you have a kind of meandering uh, Solar Cycle 24 curve as if the, the Sun was hesitating. Mm-hmm. Well if, if that is what they're doing then I mean it really
1: smacks of aspiration
2: Um, what stupidity.
1: Well, desperation. Stupidity born of desperation, or you know, I mean, if and and that's assuming that there is any awareness of you know potentially incoming. I mean, first of all, if we're aware of the number of meteorites that have been flying around and hitting the earth and people seeing them, and I mean, surely there's somebody somewhere aware of at least to the same extent. Absolutely, we can't go any further than that.
2: They don't maybe necessarily know any more than we know, but somebody said. Uh, James Woolsey, the former CIA director, who, who said this, who said that we just narrowly missed uh, the mother of all solar flares well, two, he, two weeks ago. Some, somebody fed him this information. He's on, yeah. the, he's on this. He would not just go out and say that. And then but, NASA would come and say that's absolutely not true. This,
0: the next this day. new economy he's on group. of consultants. Yeah, he's on this group too. Well, <laughs> there's, there's a new economy of consultants in the world, it's become the new American export. Uh, defense contractors and defense consultants and defense think tanks and they justify they justify their existence by coming up with plausible in their mind scenarios that they can feed to these department of defense briefings and CIA briefings about what could be coming To justify the money that they make, they just make this, shit. they sit there and they say, oh, my God, what's going to be our gimmick? It's like in ministries, you know, if you ever watch the Martro documentary, he talks about the ministry is all important. What's your ministry, you know? What's your gimmick? What are you selling? And and these defense contractors are the same. You know, one of them says, oh, an Iranian EMP, that will be our ministry, uh, you know, or that will be our gimmick. And the other guys are like, oh, no, it's a solar flare. Well, That's actually, our gimmick. actually, what they've
2: done in this most recent story about the alleged solar flares, they've conflated the two together just seamlessly. But anyone surely would paint it. I certainly look at that and go, hang on a minute. So they said the Earth barely missed this massive solar flare, blah, blah, blah. It would have caused an EMP so big it would have knocked out power, cars, iPhones, boohoo. Um, two EMP experts told the examiner that it flashed through Earth's typical orbit around the sun about two weeks before the planet got there, blah, blah, blah. The world escaped an EMP catastrophe, said Henry Cooper, who led strategic arms negotiations with the Soviet Union under President Reagan and who now heads High Frontier, this consulting group, a group pushing for missile defense. So that's actually another angle on this their answer, their solution to how to fight the sun and the solar flares is to set up Star Wars Plus or whatever, Star Wars version Star Wars Seriously, version two, they want to set up a missile system, I guess, to in their minds or at some level fire at the incoming space rocks and or
0: mm-hmm. fire them up and, <clears throat> and use them as cover. The thing is, is these two or groups and realize- to now explain- that there's a lot of money to be made if they join together and claim that Iran is going to fire a missile into the sun to cause a solar flare to hit the Earth. I mean, that's just going to be the next stage of ridiculousness. There's a really, really ironic comment here.
2: (laughs) So one of these other consultants says, oh, he's a guy who's served on the Congressional EMP Threat Commission from 2001, 2008, so this has been brewing in the background for a while. Anyway, he says, basically, this is a Russian roulette Thing, we narrowly escaped from a Carrington C- Carrington class disaster. That refers to the last time there was a major solar flare. A Russian roulette thing. Mm. Really? Russian <laughs> meteors. I mean, it is like Russian roulette. The, yeah. th- the game they're playing. But how is it like I Russian? I think it just comes. Again, it comes back to this desperation. Just a plausible narrative mm-hmm. that will cover up, and or. Prevent enough of an outbreak of oh my god what the hell's going on?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's been, well, I mean it was seven, I mean there's several years ago I think it was 2005 that NASA stopped publishing its uh, reports of uh, near Earth objects or that it had been identifying. You know it just stopped for no reason, no explanation. Just stopped publishing them and back in 2005 or 2006, mm. uh, <laughs> and no one ever found out why. And since then. You know, that that was around the time when we had this kind of stark increase in, 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 in sightings by ordinary people around the
4: world. You know? Exactly. Um, almost exactly that this time, or bit earlier, maybe 2002. But um, I think NASA, some people in NASA know, at least partly, what is going on. I remember McKinney's description of NASA. There are three levels in NASA. There is a first level, basically, to journalists and uh, vulgarization scientists who feed the mainstream media and the mainstream science. It's really a basic level, it's uh, almost pure disinformation. We have a second level, it's the, the operators, the scientists, researchers. They are given a topic and they research the topic. And there is a third level, people who give uh, directions, uh, research topics, and who agglomerate the results, the true results, and who give the who feed the disinformation, who define the, the, the axis of disinformation. Mm. So in NASA, there are some people who know, because it's not rocket science, I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> it's, uh, the proofs are all over the place, even for, for basic, normal people with no specialized equipment. So when you're on NASA, when you have telescopes, when you have satellites, when you have uh, space probes, you can see it all around, the asteroids coming more and more numerous, more and more massive. So yeah, they know at least partly, and they're feeding people this information to keep uh, to lure them away from the what is really going on, to keep them in the in darkness, I, ignorance. I try and
2: keep an eye on Fireball News, uh, keep an eye on the skies. Um, it's one of my favorite pastimes, and I kind of noticed end of May. And then to June, it seemed to drop off. Now, I didn't, you know, do any rigors, number counting. But what I mean is I I didn't, I noticed a dearth of um, stories making either local or national news, certainly in the English-speaking world. But it seems to have picked up again in July. I have a list here. Um, We've got one in the UK. A bird, a plane, no, a meteor over Exeter, 8th of July, Bright meteor spotted over southern Ontario, 12 July. Meteor spotted over North Carolina uh, the next day. Massive fireball with long tail, New Zealand. Doesn't have a date. And then there was uh <laughs> there was a huge explosion reported in uh, Orange County, California, and uh, they did not say one way or the other whether it was a fireball, but they interviewed people on the streets and they, without having any information, awareness of this, you know, of this, the fact that this is going on all the time, they instinctively said, well, it sounded like it was a meteor or a comet exploding. I think people know, they seem to know if there's something boom in the sky.
0: Uh,
4: They instinctively seem to pick up
2: on, okay, that came from out there.
4: Yeah, the monthly figures... Can be misleading because there are cycles within cycles. It's not totally near, linear, sure. asteroid activity, because every year the, the Earth crosses several clouds like the Leonids, the sure. Perseids, etc. The Taurids, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. However, when you look at some average over more extended period of times, you see that it's a, there is a, a steady increase. The six first months. Of 2013, displayed a 30% increase compared to the to 2012. So overall, it's on the rise, and it's quite... Uh, but how many were there in 2012? 2012, you had about 2,000 reported asteroids. So 30% is actually a, a lot. You had 1,300 for the sixth first month of 2013. So you're on the basic annual basis of uh, about uh, almost 3,000 asteroids. I mean, when we it's a, a strong increase in 2005 you had a, about a 400 reports mm-hmm.
3: right.
4: you almost multiplying by 10 over 8 years
2: I, I've got a question for you then is it that the regular meteor streams that we get at certain times in the year is it that they are being supplemented with new material and or what other
4: extra streams Extra. It, yeah the thing is uh, comets or, oh, let's talk about asteroid clouds, clouds of asteroids. They exhibit different periods, various periods. They are, let's call them the stationary ones, that we cross every year. They are stationary on the orbit of the Earth, okay? The one we mentioned, toroids, Leonids, etc. So now there are cometary swarms, cometary clouds, that are following short orbits three to twenty years they usually circle around the sun and jupiter there are longer period uh, swarms that usually circle the sun and the outside of the solar system and there are even longer uh, cycles including the nemesis cycle which is a very long one and you have even longer than this one 186 million years basically the galactic arm while the milky way rotates every 186 million years, a galactic year, go through the same areas of space. So you have all the cycles that move together and to complicate the matter you have the Earth that is moving too. So if you take one comet that cross the Earth orbit, one passage it cross the Earth orbit but say the orbit is on the other side of the Sun, no asteroid activity, but then Ten years later, or thirty years later, or whatever, the asteroid swarm cross the Earth orbit again, but this time, the Earth is on the right spot I mean all the one spot, uh-huh. and you get a high cometary activity this is like a- so you have everything to all those cycles to factor in at every moment, all those factors can combine and can have influence on the total asteroid activity. but what is the most important is there is a steady increase for 10 years. It's a sign that we're entering a substantial to swarm that is not a stationary one. Well, here's a more complicated question
1: that may not have an answer.
2: More complicated?
1: More complicated than oh. it. <clears> that. Uh, it's from uh, a listener, Pachalis, who has said that, why is it that chemical plants seem to attract so many meteorites in the last couple of months.
2: Yeah, I was getting to that. Uh, well,
1: and what about all the recent big explosions that were reported? Okay, there seems to be an uptick going on there. I mean, I'm only aware of two. Well, I, I, I have
2: them all here, actually. In the, last, in the last four days, there have been five really big ones.
1: But chemical time. plants?
2: I know. One of which was really big. Mm. In fact, it was described by the local media probably correctly, although they were poo-pooed and told they were incorrect by the experts. It was described as a comet because it, it appeared as a sort of comet with a triangular tail behind it in the mm-hmm. sky. It was seen from Honduras to Cayman Islands, Jamaica. And that night, there was an interesting in incident in Florida. And uh, Let me just get the, the news report of it here. Explosion hits. Uh, no, it was my first one. Okay. A large series of explosions rocked a gas plant in Florida forcing evacuations. Now, the descriptions from people on the ground are interesting. I heard a loud bomb sound, said Lisa Gardner, 43, who lives in Lakeside, Tavares County, Florida. Um, And then she she says something odd. Well, it seems odd. I thought somebody ran into my house. I'll get back to that in a minute. Other residents described sounds similar to a shotgun or fireworks and saw bursts of light and a bright orange glow above the treetops. Some reported a giant fireball in the sky and the sounds of the 4th of July. That's, that reminds me of the... Sometimes, it's not just a loud boom like the, we heard in Russia. Yeah. Sometimes uh, the sound can actually sound very close. Uh, weird, almost like you think it's in the same house as you. I've experienced this myself, although of course I don't know that what I heard was an overhead explosion it uh, it ties in with studies that are done on the electrophonic nature mm-hmm. of meteors exploding meteors they can produce sounds that are not the sounds that follow the explosion in the shock wave they seem to be sounds that travel ahead Preceded, Yeah. do, do you, can it's you explain something exponents. about
4: that electrophonic well concerning the first question it is difficult to to address but there are some maybe tentative explanations
3: Oh, well, yeah, uh,
2: about those plants. On the same day as the Florida plant explosion, explosion hits chemical plant in East China. In July, there were three chemical plants hit in the U.S., one in Iowa and two in Louisiana one day after the other. Mm -hmm. Two days, two consecutive days. Um, Japan in April, chemical plant blast, no explanation given, the blast broke windows of about 270 buildings over a wide area. Yeah. Uh, there does seem to be a. There,
4: there, there seem to be places on Earth that attract meteorites more than others. There is this example we mentioned previously this house in Croatia. Yeah. This guy who reported six meteorites falling on his house, not the same day, eh, over an extended period of time as if it was there, there was some kind of strange attractor but that's the first thing the second thing is that uh, comets or meteorites are highly electrically charged bodies they have a very strong negative charge and they are magnetic as well because of the electromagnetism, they generate uh, magnetic fields now, the Earth is also a charged celestial body with an overall negative charge too. However, this charge is not homogeneously spread because the crust is not a very good conductor unlike uh, seawater for example and then you can have local build-up of negative charge or positive charge depending on many factors, the content of the ground, uh, the location in the magnetic grid the nearby volcanoes, tectonic activity, etc. So what we can posit at this point is that chemical plants maybe because of the kind of uh, elements, material they process, there's a lot of ionization going on, oxidation, oxides i.e. charge elements, you know, with a positive charge or negative charge might become, electrically speaking, attractors to the electromagnetic bodies that comets or meteorites are. Hmm.
2: Wow. And then Actually of course really there's, there's the West Texas
4: uh, explosion
2: as well. That was a, a huge so, unexplained you know, explosion. Say all
1: that again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what, but, <laughs> what's what, I mean, what was not clear? was not clear? Well, the, no, the problem is that, you know, you have gas plants some kind of gas. Then you have ammonia, as in amo- solid ammonia fertilizer, <laughs> attracting it for some reason. So I mean, well, I mean it, it, it seems to be a diverse, a diverse kind of uh, variety of, of of substances. You know what I mean. So maybe it's not the actual. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the actual uh, gas or or chemical at all that's being stored at a particular site. Maybe it's got something else. Well, it's just coincidental. Well,
0: here's a, here's a theory. I mean, it's generally speaking, they don't build a chemical factory on farmland. Uh, they don't build a chemical factory in a place that is uh, a good quality housing or good quality living space or quality field. So they build it probably in places that are a little bit uh, barren or uh, not particularly one way or another that may have, say, for instance, a high content of some sort of uh, magnetizing material in the soil and therefore or some types of material in the soil that make it uh, unproductive for like, you know, a field or something. Uh, they could have very hard, rocky ground that may have lots of sort of like iron esque or some sort of metallic deposits in it, things like that. So they might be, it's not so much that the, it's the fact that there's a uh, chemical plant there. It's that the types of places where they put plants um, and in the sense of like chemical plants or manufacturing plants are places where, it might be more likely for there to be a positive charge in the local surrounding area that could attract it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that, you know, it's because there's a plant. It's more like it's because the places that they put plants typically are not the types of places where you would have a field or a
4: house. That's that's a possibility, but chemical processes, one of the fundamentals of chemical processes is uh, oxidation and reduction, electroreduction, exchange of electrons. I'm making uh, oxides and uh, those kind of uh, types of uh, chemical components. So maybe uh, maybe there's an influence on uh, electric charge. The thing is, these plants are getting
2: hit. Well, if, if not, we don't know if they're getting hit, but they're exploding head on. It's the actual facility that's going up in a huge box. Well, I mean, all oh, of that,
4: makes, that makes sense. Eh? Yeah. An explosion I mean, the, the before the impact the, totally the, makes sense. Because, um, let me explain. Um, Comet Schumacher-Levy in 1994 is going to hit Jupiter 2.3 million kilometers or billion kilometers before the impact. You have a huge explosion. It's a highly charged cometary body that electrically connects to the planet, Jupiter, and creates like a, a ginormous lightning, mm, yeah. a, a electron discharge. So, the same f- with, a, with, a, with a meteorite. Meteorite is very negative, so it wants to give away electrons. It reaches an area and it should be posit- more positive than the surrounding earthly surface, those chemical uh, plants. Oxidation, oxidation processes and this cometary body, when it's close enough, it wants to give electron the plants want to get electron to simplify, and at the point there is a discharge ionization of air, the air gets suddenly very conductive and like for lightning, you have an electron discharge from the cometary body to the plant to reba- simply to rebalance electric charges mm-hmm. and then after. You have the commit. You have the committee body that travels at. Uh, it doesn't travel very fast. It travels about uh, twenty kilometer uh, second. A second, so slower than uh, than lightnings.
1: Well, Mars just said that maybe the one in, uh, Waco, near Waco, or West Texas was yeah. uh, since it was a fertilizer plant. Maybe it was the uh, the universe telling us that the that the manures. Going to hit
4: the fan pretty (laughs) soon,
1: or rather, the fans going to hit the manure. Yeah, in this case.
4: And uh, and to to answer your, or to comment your your point about electrophonics, so in a similar way, we can see that there are things that precede the body, like a a forward action or something. Exactly, the the some electromagnetic activity precedes is faster than the body, the celestial body by itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. These things are not just base rocks. <laughs> there are all kinds of. I mean, they're they're much larger. Their effect is so much larger. I mean, this this thing in Russia. I mean, they tried to play it down and say, "Well, okay, it was big, but it was still just you know a few meters across." It created a shock wave that went around the entire planet twice. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: but that's the problem of our mechanistic paradigm. Mm-hmm. Is uh, because of this paradigm, we perceive the nefarious effects of cometary bodies as limited to the mechanical action, i.e. the impact, momentum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the most nefarious effects of cometary bodies are the ones that are ignored by the mechanistic paradigm, i.e. all the EMP, electromagnetic pulse, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: including electrophonics, that can be mutation-inducing electromagnetic fields or electrophonics. It's been documented in Dunguska, you had a lot of mutation in animals, in trees, other plants, it can induce mutations in animals. And another factor that is rarely developed by mainstream science, is that it's been documented now by uh, some uh, renowned scientists, that cometary bodies can bring viruses. Mm. And uh, it's funny that you mention ammonium because... uh, Actually, ammonium is a marker of uh, cometary activity. So maybe it's a uh, like attract the likes, uh, some law of mm-hmm. this kind. And um, the two major plagues, humanity uh, documented the Justinian plague in uh, 536 AD or 540 AD and the uh, Black Death in 1347, where both both happened the same year. The same year, in both cases, there are strong suspicion of High cometary activities, mm-hmm. you have observation of cometary activities, and then you have two major spikes over the last 2,000, 3,000 years. The two major spikes in ammonium occurred in 540 AD and 1347
3: AD. Mm-hmm.
4: So, yes, plagues, virus, and comets show a positive correlation that is, can be worrying more than the mechanical impact. What mm-hmm. about all of these? Uh,
1: the spate of train, planes, and all. Do you want, Have you got something to say before that?
2: Yeah, I? I've got another kind of related question. I mean, the number of sinkhole reports is just... Off the scale? Insane. I mean, they're trying to say, oh, it's just sewers are bursting, and oh, we better replace them. But I mean, there was one... I have a list of 10 here from the past four days. Wow. Large sinkhole discovered in western Kansas. Large. I mean, it was over a 100 feet across, about 50 feet deep, in a field, it, it, no one knows where and how it happened, where it came from. It, it looked like it actually looked like a, a crater or something. Twenty-five meter diameter sinkhole opens up in New Zealand, wow. August first. Pastor plagued by third massive sinkhole on church property in a month in Oklahoma, wow. two days ago. Uh, sinkhole swallows chunk of northeast Houston street. That's July thirtieth. Massive sinkhole swallows the entire intersection in Philadelphia. If you look up the video of that, it's hilarious. It literally ate, I mean, four streets met and just sank into the ground. That was Wednesday, just gone. Another sinkhole opens in Philadelphia, exposes green fluorescent, it looked like radioactive goo or something. Oh, Apparently man. it was some dye yeah. It got, got in the sewer. A, thir- yeah. a third huh, sinkhole, a third sinkhole, on the same day in Philadelphia, swallowed a car. Uh, the day before that in China, a sinkhole swallowed an entire cement truck. Huh. Um, I <laughs> and mean, a, an I... entire apartment complex in Cobb County, Georgia, is sinking into the ground. It, Look, uh, They're trying to attach it to heavy rainfall. But the most recent one I just mentioned first in Kansas, I mean, it's practically a desert. Yeah. This area, certainly now with the drought. So,
0: I mean, I'm I'm 30 years old. I mean, I've heard of sinkholes before because I come from Florida, but I think maybe in my entire life up until today, I had heard about like five. And today, you just like ten in four days, yeah. and it's just really strange well, cause Yeah. about 15 people. It ha- didn't used to happen this way. About 15
2: people
4: have been killed by them yeah. this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. It, the thing is. There are probably sinkholes that are caused by the, <clears throat> what, by the causes listed by uh, mainstream science, yeah, the rocks are dissolving, yes yeah, there is fracking, yes yeah, there are drought Many factors can so explain sinkholes, yeah. and some of them are explained by those factors. However, when you check the, the increased rate of those factors of those causes and the increased rate of the sinkhole. You say it doesn't compute, the causes are increasing slowly or stable, and the number of sinkholes is increasing dramatically since roughly uh, 2004. Yeah, but so it's, it's an epidemic, <coughs> so the cause... It's, it's a, it's a non-answer as well, because they turn
1: around and say that the sinkholes are being caused by floods. Why? Well, exactly, what's causing the floods? True. You know what True. I mean? And are they related? True. Sure. You know, not directly related, but are they, you know, maybe maybe it's not even that the floods are causing the sinkholes, but that the flood, whatever's causing the floods,
4: is also related yeah.
1: to the cause of sinkholes. sinkholes, yeah. because sinkholes aren't all
4: being caused by floods. Yeah, and no, we're yeah. going in there. So, one tentative explanation to, uh, to make sense of this dramatic increase in sinkholes since 2004, roughly, is that, uh, let's try to make it simple, <clears throat> let's say the sun charge positively the ionosphere. The ionosphere is the upper atmosphere, okay? Positively charged solar winds increase the positive charge of the ionosphere, okay? So, the Earth is negatively charged. So when you have a lot of solar activity, you have a lot of positive charge on the ionosphere, and those positive charge, they start to attract the free electron in the Earth, okay? Positive attract negative, so the free electron that tend to go at the surface Okay, so it means in the end in the earth you have a surface that is very negative and inside is less negative so you have an attraction within the earth between the very negative surface and the less negative core and basically it's a binding force now imagine it's more than imagination Um, now the sun activity is dropping so you have less positively charged solar wind reaching the ionosphere. The ionosphere, therefore, is less positive. Therefore, it tends less to attract free electrons in the Earth to the surface of the Earth. So in the end, you have less potential difference, mm-hmm. charge difference between the surface of the Earth and the core. So you have less binding force. So literally, back. I heard... Uh, uh, It's been progressive, but uh, say solar activity dropped around 1998 and uh, so literally, and I heard this expression somewhere else and it's a very apt expression, literally the earth is opening up and one of the consequences of this opening up, this reduction in electric binding force, is sinkholes, but it can also explain uh, increased volcanic activity, and increased earthquake, the crust and the mantle. They are less held together. They are loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The depths of hell have been
2: unleashed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Earth is getting payback.
1: The, the, hor- the hor- horde,
2: horde, at least.
1: Well, if it opens up enough, then there'll be uh, maybe there'll be hordes up of up. demons. will just
2: spill out and zombie apocalypse. That could, that could be. be the zombie apocalypse. You know, there's zombies living under the Earth.
0: Well, you know, there. <clears right throat> no, uh, is, the is,
2: is this related? All these. Planes, trains, and automobiles falling out of the sky, running off the tracks. Yeah. I, I, I think we're not alone. Really bizarre, you know? People are noticing it. I've seen people commenting on their. I think by the time the crash happened in Paris, people commenting under the articles and said, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Something. There was, of course, a big accident in Spain. Then there was the one in France. Before that, oh. there was one in. Did I get that wrong? I think it was France first. I think, well, it was it the, the,
1: the plane. Was, was Canada, then the plane in um, California, Los Angeles, the plane that crashed. Yes, uh, and then you had the fr- French train crash. Then you had the Spanish train crash. Then you had an Italian bus crash. Germany train. It was, a, I was, a, I was a, a commercial train, or not a commercial train, a but a,
2: a freight train. Um, yeah, so there was a spate of them over the past, you know... There was one in Thailand, there was one in Switzerland, mm-hmm. trains, trains derailing. Wow. And there was one in Russia, all within 10 days.
1: Now, to explain that by any known <clears throat> physics, theory of physics or science, might be a bit more
2: difficult, but...
1: Well, I mean, we the Russians
2: have... gave it a go, and they said it's because of the heat waves melting the tracks but the heat wave there like everywhere else, wasn't, wasn't was, well deforming them some way so
1: mean, it wasn't that
2: it. much of a heat wave no. nothing that they're not used to the
1: Where, thing is i look back on it cuz there are there are a lot of train crashes on a regular basis you know or train incidents uh and there's some months are higher than others yeah. you know but um when you correlate that with buses and planes as well and,
2: oh yeah the bus crash in italy
1: yeah, that was that was horrible, and they were all a bunch of pilgrims, and that happened closely, uh, very close to the, the train crash in Spain that killed uh, seventy-eight or seventy-nine people, and um, and they were pilgrims as well, going to the, the Santiago Compostela uh, celebration. So both of those happened.
0: Was wasn't there also a series of like catastrophes that followed around the pope or something? Somebody was saying wherever he was going, there was problems.
1: Well, I don't know. I think the association between the train crash and the, and the bus crash in Italy, which were quite close, was that both of them were pilgrims going to Catholic Catholic, Catholic pilgrims going to some kind of a Catholic celebration, and they. <clears throat> no, we kind of thought it was quite interesting because it came at a time when we
2: were talking about the true origins of Christianity. But then there was this giant lightning bolt that hit the Vatican, didn't it?
3: No, really? that that was oh a God, months, that's
1: awesome. That that was on the day that um, it was really it was like out of a movie type thing, yeah. you know. It's like it difficult. was on the day that uh, what do you call him, Benedict, the the emperor from Star Wars, he the, the day that he resigned. Ah, uh, two lightning strikes hit the dome of uh, of the basilica in the Vatican,
4: and as we know, lightning strikes never twice in the same place, unless you're the Pope.
2: Well. I'm I'm I've got a few questions about this. The tr- the, the the Spanish train crash from Um Right away, they they fingered the driver, but we, there are just a few things that mm, I'm not so sure. Uh, one of the first reports: a witness near the scene told a radio station she heard an explosion before seeing the derailed train. Now the videos come out, and you don't see any explosion that's obvious anyway. Um.
1: <clears throat> well, what's kind of interesting in the in the video is that the um, the train hadn't actually entered the tightest part of the turn. That doesn't necessarily mean that it couldn't derail, but it had only just entered the, the corner. And also that the uh, the first um, carriage, was the, the first carriage behind the engine, was the one that actually came off the tracks. So the the engine had actually uh, passed that point. Supposedly, that yeah. was the. the the point at which it was going too fast and would have derailed the train, the engine didn't derail, but the second carriage, you see it kind of lifting up, you know, yeah. just in the video. And then that's what causes the rest to follow. It pulls the rest off and then pulls the pulls the engine off as well. So, um, and yeah, I mean, the driver was very uh, laconic, I suppose you could say in his in in in, in response to uh, questions that were asked, he refused to speak. Uh, Didn't want to talk about it and then uh, didn't really give an explanation as to what happened, you know. Um, I don't think there's been an explanation, a convincing explanation left to decide that he simply kind of zoned out or something and was going too fast into that turn.
2: There have been contradictory reports, which, you know, can happen. But um, mm, so he's supposed to have made a call moments before the crash saying that the train was going too fast quote, I'm at 190 kilometers an hour and I'm going to derail. And he was speaking with the rail network operator, Renfe. It says two men were at the controls and yet just today they said, no, there was only one driver in there because the second driver, there's always a spare driver. He was back in carriage seven. Um, Then there's the fact that he happened to crash on a particular section of track where uh, a kind of an automatic warning system that's normally in place kicks in and if the train is going too fast into a bend it will be
1: it warns the driver and if the driver doesn't respond then it applies the brakes automatically but it wasn't it wasn't that there was normally it was a transition between two different kind of real uh, network alert systems. One's European and one's Spanish. And I was transitioning from the European one, that's kind of ver- within various European countries, that's homogenised for the different countries, and the one that's uniquely for Spain. And those transition. They're two beacons. They're beacons that sit below the tracks, and they uh, they're basically like you know um, microwave transmitters that that inform the the, the mm-hmm. train computer. About where it is and the speed it's going and stuff. So it and then it uh, can kind of take and it informs the train what's happening basically, um, and it, it then can alert the driver, etc. Yeah. So yeah. A transition between these two systems, and supposedly that was known. It's only a kilometre long or something like that from one to the other, where it's a kind of dead zone as, as they call it, but. Um, This guy had been doing it for 11 years.
2: Yeah. I mean, mean, on that. What, he just fell asleep at the wheel on just.
1: just, On that one, it's probably the only. On that trip, it's the only area where the driver actually has to sit up and take notice because it's basically automatic the rest of the way. And it's only in that one kilometer stretch we have to just be aware that there's a a bend there, there's a sharp bend coincidentally in this area, which is the dead zone, and that he has to basically go to manual control and slow the train down. And for some reason, he was, you know.
4: It it able, able. Probably enable, because from what I understand, this phone call where he says, I'm driving 190 an hour, I'm going to derail, strongly suggests that previously he tried to slow down and he didn't manage to, because if you're speeding, and allegedly he was used to speeding.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: If he was speeding, he thinks, okay, I'm going to go 119 this curve. If he says it's too fast, he tries to brake and he derails, he doesn't have time to call and say, oh, I'm 180, I'm going to derail. Yeah, exactly. He had time to think, to try to slow down. It didn't work, mm-hmm. and then he called. So I'm... Suggest
2: he, of something going wrong with the yeah. system, yes. not human error, basically. Yeah, he's been found guilty by media. Uh, oh, he was a reckless driver. So no, his colleagues and his union described him as a responsible and cautious driver.
1: Now, there, there was a campaign from the very beginning that someone released a, a, uh, a photo uh, from his Facebook page where he had pic- posted a picture of uh, that he had taken while in the train uh, going at about 200 kilometers an hour. And they're saying, look, he's a reckless driver. But those trains are – they have to go that – first of all, they're designed to go that speed. And they have to go that speed because they're high-speed trains. And if they don't go that speed, then what's the point in having a high-speed train? You're meant to get there on time. So it was designed to go – they can go up to 250 kilometers an hour, but they're limited – they're to two hundred, and he, so he posted a picture of going at two hundred. But that's they all go at two hundred. So, but that was used to demonize him and say he's a speed freak. This is, this
3: is so, a perfect
0: example of the irresponsibility of the media and and people not just recognizing that's totally inappropriate. The media has no business declaring someone guilty of anything.
4: It's
2: well, so yeah, just it something an else, you an know, agenda. You know,
4: this, this, yeah. I blame and the government exactly. from the be, yeah from agenda. the beginning. They were claiming, yeah, he's a speed freak, he tweeted or on his Facebook page, he posted this picture. From the very beginning, and to me it suggests that before the event happened, they set him up. So yeah. it was engineered, it was prepared. Well, there's, there's two scenarios. One, there's this
1: extreme conspiracy theorist scenario, which is that it was, it was deliberately designed, deliberately set up to distract attention. Away from a kind of corruption scandal that the Spanish prime minister was involved in and is involved in uh, over you know, the typical campaign finances and illegal fundraising and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a conspiracy theory that you know the state did this as a you know way to distract and take attention off. I don't know if that's true or not. But the other conspiracy, which is probably more mundane and maybe more plausible, is that in that scenario where something mechanical went wrong or electronic went wrong with one of the trains, the first thing that the chiefs of Renfe, the Spanish rail company, would want to do would be to say, okay, we don't want to take the blame for this. We don't want to lose confidence in our own rail system, which generates billions of dollars uh, every year for us. We need to put this on the driver because if people think there's something wrong with the trains, people are going to start using them. But if it's one driver...
2: I well, can then, actually give you a value of how much this train accident would have cost them. So um, Renfe is among the team's Firms consortia bidding for a 13 billion euro contract to build a high-speed rail link in Brazil. Mm -hmm. The terms of the tender reportedly exclude firms involved in the running of high-speed train system where an accident has taken place in the preceding five years. So this actually killed their deal. They were going to lose 13. They have lost it basically. Um, But they still tried to push it off. Oh, it was human error. Human error. Uh Yeah.
3: Um.
0: There is a slightly interesting thing. It happened. I can't remember the guy's name. It's Jack. Jack something. He's a famous black hat hacker. Well, He's a white yep. hat hacker who got killed. And he was – well, we don't know if he got killed. Huh? He died very suspiciously
3: mm-hmm.
0: right before um, – I can't remember what the convention is called. It was called Black Hat, I think. It might be a yeah, black hat a hacker convention where he was going to – he's famous for showing how to hack embedded computer devices. And he was doing like cash machines and ATMs, stuff like that. Yep. ATMs, and now he was going to show how to hack pacemakers,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I thought that that just kind of like seemed very connected. That um, you know such a thing could have been forced, because of course if the the, the plane has a, a kind of an embedded computer system that detects his various things through signals, um, it would be fairly trivial based on that guy's work, the type of work that he was doing mm-hmm. to to fool such a computer into thinking it was on a long stretch of of yeah uh, of straight track. Or
1: or even worse, yeah, yeah, exactly, to to override the controls so that the driver couldn't even do anything about it. And
0: one of the conspiracy or one of the suspicions around his death is that it's the the pharmaceutical uh, companies or the people who make things like pacemakers and and, uh, insulin pumps that they don't want to have to revisit their design. They don't want to be punished or anything like Mm -hmm. this so that they may have… Contributed to his death in some sort of organizational capacity, uh, because his revelation would cost them money. And yeah. it's kind of along the same lines of this this
1: train thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That that's uh, an well, interesting story. Yeah, Go ahead.
2: yeah. The, <clears throat> the The Spanish government's response uh, that has not been covered at all. Um, what was appalling? It, it wasn't just that uh, that they're obviously trying to pass off the blame onto a scapegoat. Um there were delays in coordinating the rescue operation. Um, the locals actually pulled out all the survivors. Mm-hmm. And then finally uh this emergency team arrived there. I mean from start to finish it's like
1: it has a stench of conspiracy. A stench of, just just a, it, but then it could have also the stench of ineptitude. Yeah, so who knows FEMA
0: ineptitude. Yeah,
4: and there is a series that is puzzling, you know. Because uh, we're examining uh, each case separately, but also when you see the global picture, the occurrence of all those similar events, accidents, almost at the same time.
3: Oh,
2: well, what the, it the, mean? the other the one Spanish
4: the Spanish scandal, the mm. corruption scandal
2: going on in the background, is that basically, when the prime minister down to his cabinet, they were siphoning off public funds to bank accounts in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Now get this two days before the train accident in Paris, somebody rats out 15, including 15 politicians, including members of the current French government, for embezzling funds to Swiss bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. And if nothing is if it's just symbolic, then after these two accidents, so there's say- a train crash in Switzerland. And everyone who's yeah. ever been to Switzerland knows it's train camp- crashes just don't happen there.
1: So what you're saying is that there was a scandal breaking in, in Paris about 15 uh, members of the government who were embezzling funds into bank accounts in Switzerland. Then there's a train crash outside Paris not long afterwards that killed six people and injured dozens more. And then a week, a couple, few weeks later, there's well, an ongoing scandal of Spanish government officials embezzling funds into a Swiss bank account. Also, mm-hmm. at that time, then, there's a Spanish train crash that killed 78 people. And at the same time, as Jason was just mentioning, there's this guy, this hacker who was going to show how to hack into by well, shown how to hack into ATM machines and was you know, died in suspicious circumstances because he was going to show and he was going to show how to hack into a pacemaker. Yeah, and the money that you know companies that make pacemakers would have lost because of that. And then at the same time, well, not at the same time, but a few weeks ago, or a month ago, you had um, Michael Hastings, the Rolling Stone reporter who pretty clearly had something done to his car uh by all accounts um it screamed down the street in 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 uh, los angeles i think um uh a tree one in the middle of the night one night and he was a very careful driver by all according to all his family and yeah and he also he had contacted a lawyer beforehand saying that the fbi was
2: after him he kind contacted wikileaks wikileaks lawyer actually no He hadn't? That's a a story? Someone has inserted something there. He sent an email around to everyone on his contact list. He hit select all and send. Included was someone who was associated with WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. But isn't it interesting that they they got in a little headline there Mm -hmm. that he specifically contacted WikiLeaks? No, he didn't.
1: Well, and there's also... So he... At the same time, there's a story. I mean, it's not a new story, but it was released again at the same time. Another story, it was in various different newspapers, about how... um, hackers can hack into cars and how it's very easy to do into a modern car to take on. I mean, they should have a video of these guys doing it, and they can take control of the car in every single way. They can even lock your seatbelt down and not stop you moving, basically. Take control of the steering wheel, the brakes, everything. And um, so that was in the news at the same time as this guy Hastings uh, died. And then, at the same time, a few weeks later, you have this bus crash in Italy, and the details of the bus crash are that the driver was just going down Being this cautious. road. Well, he well the, 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 the eyewitnesses said that the bus just started swerving as it was going down a hill, started swerving left and right, banging into different cars and then went straight off the edge, you know. So it's just oh, right. it's just synchronous that you might you know, be
0: seeing a test run.
1: Well, who knows? Yeah, I well, mean it's
0: just it's just a
2: pattern, I and mean, we don't have to try and explain
0: it. No,
1: but, but it's just interesting because cause you see these here. things all happen in the news at the yeah. same time, and you go, "Well, you know, are they connected? Don't know." But Michael Hastings,
2: it, just today, his family said he was cremated without their permission.
1: Yeah, I mean, his story is just so it just it checks almost all the boxes for someone. They wanted an autopsy. Someone bumping him off, you know, and they even they spread. Uh, you know, spear, someone spread the story that he, about what he was involved in because everybody was wondering why well, he's an investigator yeah. for Rolling Stone. He had taken down Petri, Petras, and uh, uh, he was he was against the system. He was outspokenly against NSA, against the government, and he was working on a really. And he told people before he, his crash that he was going to have to lay low because he was onto a big story, and he was going to have to lay low and. and you know, get out of sight for a while because he was being. He claimed he was being uh, investigated, investigated by the, by the FBI. FBI. So um, it's, it's a crime. People, Shame. people tried to say there was some story put out that he was involved in a Jill. He was his his major story. Jill Kelly was Jill Kelly, which is uh, associated again with the the Petra's uh, affair, where he was. You know, and
2: he, that ties into Benghazi. Yeah, but but
1: the, but his wife said he was not involved in that because that seems that's not a big story he had Mm -hmm. already done that story and it's like someone spread the story that that's what he was researching to put people off in the wrong direction because it seems to me that if he was going to lay low and he was pretty freaked out by what was going on and he was saying he was saying that he had a big story if you if you watch videos again know what he's talked about before when he said that he's got a big story that he has to kind of stay quiet about for a while he was talking about something far bigger than General, they would portray as having a, an affair with some, uh, you know, in intern or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm, yeah. But it, that's all gone it, now. And it's you said he's cremated. Well, I mean,
2: the crying shame. Michael Hastings was one of the. He was actually a real journalist. I mean, well, dying breed. Exactly. And that's another one that's dust. It, it's a
0: bit intellectually dissonant, though. I mean, if they have such a, 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 a death grip on the media and such. Total control. Why would it be necessary to kill him?
2: Well, why is it necessary like to kill anyone? I mean, people are whacked
4: every day by U.S. drones. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's and, and I'm not sure they have a hundred percent grip on yeah. the media. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. obviously, that
2: they're the internet the control a
4: lot. Pose.
0: The
1: internet poses a problem for them in that sense. Yeah. You know, Hastings
2: had, had actually established himself. He was actually independent. Yeah. He was no longer mm-hmm. in the employ of Rolling Stone yeah. or Buzzfeed. After that, he it was actually a real independent investigative journalist. Um, Well, sadly, he didn't quite understand the imminent danger of just saying anything, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyway.
3: unfortunate,
0: you know. Are we going to wrap
2: it up for this week?
1: Or do we have any major breaking stories that you want to uh, bring to our listeners' attention, Neil?
2: Just a, a little flashback about remote controlling electronic devices. Yeah and gadgets. In an interview with the German newspaper Tagesspiegel on January 13, 2002 Andreas von Bülow, Minister of Technology for Germany in the 1990s a person who first worked in the Secretary of Defense 30 years ago in West Germany told about a technology by which airliners can be commanded through remote control. He said that the Americans have developed a method in the 1970s yeah. Whereby they could rescue hijacked planes by intervening in the computers in the piloting, uh, in the computer of airliners. He said this technology was named Home Run. So a little, it's our
0: effective. Well, no, on French TV, late at night, I can't remember where I was. I was watching. It. it was it was in French, but it was a documentary about the the American trip to the moon. And one of the things, they, I think it was MIT, they were showing the MIT scientists before they even landed on the moon, they tested an autopilot system. It was like this big gyroscope, it was quite large. And they put it inside the plane, and it flew the plane, and there was a guy sitting there in a chair, and he flew the entire flight, and it took off and landed in the plane or something like this. I don't yeah. Yeah. Because It was in French, I didn't get all the, all the specific details. But I mean,
4: autopilot systems have been around. And remote controller. Uh, I mean, Aussie planes. It's a remote control small plane. It's Mm -hmm. even easier to do on the big plane because you have more space to install your controllers, your captors, and your
1: motors. It's all pretty obvious, to be honest. If anybody just does some cursory research, it's pretty clear, at least on certain things, what's going on. But, you know, if you keep your your head buried in the manure provided by the uh, mainstream media, you're not going to know anything. So that's the problem. So anyway, I think we'll leave it there for this week. Um thanks to all of our listeners. No thanks to our callers because there was none of them.
4: Uh, <laughs> don't they strike on no, holidays. They were intimidated
0: think, yeah, by yeah, the all maleness.
2: No, nobody's listening. They're at the beach, on the beach. Nobody, yeah. yeah, there's nobody
1: listening. We're just, just you know, we're just broadcasting to the, <laughs> to, the to, ether. to the ether here. Um, <laughs> no, anyway, seriously, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, hope you enjoyed it and we will be back next week with another show on some exciting topic (laughs) on some exciting topic exactly Uh so until then have a good one
2: Bye. bye
3: take care